time has come for us to gather to celebrate and commemorate the life of our beloved Thomas Davenport Falls. We're reminded, as songwriter tells us, that earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. And as we come and we gather in this sacred space to uh, reflect upon uh, our brother's service as far as the kingdom is concerned and his life and legacy, we thank God for him. If you have been blessed by the personhood of Thomas Davenport Falls, can you just give God the praise that our God so richly and rightfully deserves? At this time, as we prepare to uh, engage in this homegoing celebration, let me, if I could, just share with you a couple of protocol concerns here at St. Paul Church. We realize that at this current time, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. And unfortunately, the pandemic is getting worse with each passing day. And I just want to encourage you that if you're going to remain in this worship experience, there are certain protocol that we ask for you to govern yourselves by. First of all, um, the first protocol is, please, ma'am, please, sir, keep your mask on. Um, that is one of the best ways that we can contain the spread of this COVID-19 virus. The second way is, is that the ushers, after this service is over, will come row by row, starting on the bottom level, to dismiss us with the family heading out first, and then they will dismiss you row by row. Uh, we ask that you all will govern yourselves and follow the directions of our ushers. They will start on the bottom level and then serve those that are in our balcony. The program will proceed as printed um, as far as that's concerned, unless uh, I as pastor feel that we need to make any necessary shifts. Um, but we will follow the program. Um, Reverend Brenda Richardson will lead us as far as this program gathering is concerned. And uh, we pray that for those who have been asked to give tributes, that if you would um, uh, be gracious and, of course, considerate as far as the time is concerned. Um, we want to give you the wonderful opportunity to express as far as tributes is concerned, but we also want to be timely. Amen? Amen. Amen. So at this time, um, we realize that uh, this is a tough moment, but this is still the day that the Lord has made. And, and we want to uh, not only uh, grieve, but we also want to thank God for the life of Thomas Davenport Falls. So if we could, with the exception of the family, if you would stand and let's give God praise for his life, for his legacy. Um, let's celebrate our God and Brother Falls. As you're standing, if you would, bow your heads for a word of prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this opportunity to gather in this space. And as we invoke your presence, we know you're everywhere at the same time because you're omnipresent. And yet, God, even in your omnipresence, we are searching and seeking your manifested presence. Your Shekinah glory, that very essence of who you are to fill a specified space at a particular time. And so, Lord, would you move in this moment? 
in song, in scripture, in prayer, in your word, in tributes. Move as only you can, O oh God, and we will bless your name for that. Thank you, O oh God, for what you're getting ready to do in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we're going to have the opening song from Sister Evelyn Portia. And then after that, Reverend Richardson will come and give us leadership as far as the rest of the service is concerned. You do not have to stand for the reading of God's word uh, in this place and in this moment because uh, we worship the God of the Bible, not the Bible itself. So because of the protocols that we have in place, we want to minimize your movement and we ask that you would keep your mask on. Evelyn, bless us with your gift. Scott, do your thing.
with your soul. Amen. We will now have our scripture read by Reverend Lakeisha Tucker. She will be reading the Old and New Testament scripture. Amen. I'll be reading the scripture this afternoon, the 23rd Psalm. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll be reading 1 Corinthians. I'll be starting at the 15th chapter, verse 50 to the completion from the New King James Version of the Bible. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has not put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The last verse, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. To my family, our condolences as we travel through another journey of losing another family member. I love you all. Let us pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. Even in this time of sorrow and grief, we still glorify your name because you are the Lord of all of our strength and joy. Humbly, we come before you on behalf of this family and friends, God, and we pray that right now you would encamp around them, God. Give them everything that they need to make it through this day and those days to come. God, cause them to remember their brother, their friend, God, Thomas, in a mighty way and bless him in a mighty way. And all of their memories, God, call to remembrance those things that will give them peace and joy. God, we love you, Lord, and we know that you are the comforter of the brokenhearted. So God, right now, come and bring bring these hearts together, bring these minds together, bring this family together like none other. God, the word says you can do it. We know that that tears may last for just a moment, but God, your joy lasts forever and ever and ever. Bless this family in a mighty, mighty way. Even in the midnight hour, God, come to them. Even in the times of sorrow, God, come to them and comfort them, knowing that Thomas has done a great thing. He had a great life, and now he has done the most wonderful thing. He is now at home with the Lord. And we celebrate that moment, God, that he is now in the arms of the Lord, God. And we thank you for that. We pray that you would just continue to bless this body. God, every friend, every family member, every disciple of St. Paul, bless in a mighty, mighty way. Keep us strong. Thomas was a strong man. So let us learn from his life, God all those things that his life taught us. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing. We even thank you now for this celebration, for this is a celebration of a life well lived. Can everyone join me in an amen? Amen? Amen. We will continue in this worship with a selection by Miss Evelyn Porche, and then we'll be followed by the tributes.
come to a part of the worship and celebration for Thomas that I don't know about you, but I really love because it is an opportunity for us to build a picture, understand more about who Thomas really was and to hear from his friends and loved ones. So if you would come to the um, podium to my right, your left, there is a mic for you. Sharon Smart, after her, and Regina Beard, Latanya Ross Hughes, Thomas Lofton. And if you would keep your uh, tributes to about two minutes, that would be great. We would appreciate it. awesome family, the Barnett family, to my house party crew I have met, to the deacon in training um, Thomas loved so much, um, to the Forney family. I must give a shout out to the Caremont Healthcare who cared for him so much. Thomas um, we moved to Dallas in 1967, I believe. No. Let me just say, I've known Thomas since um, for 54 years. Our whole entire family, we moved there with eight children, and I'm number 15. My mom had 16 kids. So Thomas became our family. Um... I said that the Lord has a plan in everything that he do. And I did not realize that until we were told by Thomas that he was ill. And I know you asked for two minutes, and I'm going to try to take to do two minutes. But God always have a plan in everything he do. And I want you all to know this day, this time is here for a reason, and it's for everyone in this place to learn something. When Thomas became ill, he called us, and he told us that he was sick. And my sister Belinda, who's sitting back there, told him, Thomas, you don't have to worry because we got you. You are our family, and we're going to be there until the end. And you know, the Lord will never, ever let you down. He is always going to be there for you. He knew this day was going to happen, and he was going to need someone. Like all of us in this place, this day, will need someone. You never know who is going to have to take care of you. Thomas loved everyone he met with the smile, with the hug. I will never, ever, ever forget him. When Thomas told me, everyone knows Thomas is fearful. Everyone knows that. And, you know, you guys never knew Thomas ever had a fight before. I'm quite sure you didn't know that. In kindergarten, Thomas and my nephew went to school. 
Well, they decided they was going to fight over the prettiest girl in class. <laughs> and she was a Campbell. And I'm like, I'm always the mommy. You guys are not really going to seriously fight over this girl. You come here to learn. And they looked, and they were supposed to be best buds, but they was going to fight over a girl. No, that's not going to happen. But that was the only fight I'm sure Thomas ever had in his life. Other than that, it was all love. But I'm saying that to say, God is a miracle worker because when Thomas showed fear, and just like any of us, if we realized that we were ill and not going to get better, you have to seriously think and have to keep it real in life. I talked to Thomas many, many times during the time he was sick. And I can tell you now, that was one of the hardest tasks the Lord has ever given me in my life. And when we had our discussion and he shared his fear with me, and I can tell you, I used the song, The Waterfalls, not the lyrics, but the song. When you're in the water, if you close your eyes right now, and I want you to do so, because we all have no idea what we may not have to fight for, uh, face tomorrow. I said, Thomas... Think of the waterfall, the song waterfall. Close your eyes, and you have faith in the Lord, and I know you do. You're going to have to release yourself, and you're going to have to trust and believe that he has you, because he do. And at that moment, I had to pray with him. I called my pastor. I said, I said Pastor Richard Haith at 180 Turn Church, I said, I need your guidance on this, because I got to get my baby ready. And we have to trust and believe and pray. And let me know. Let me tell you something right now, how God works. This is how I know God works. Every day that I was with him and visited with him, he would say, Lit. If I went to the door, he'd say, Lit, where are you going? I said, I'm not leaving you, Thomas. I'm not going to leave you. Every day I went to visit, every week I was there, he would say, where are you going? Please don't leave me. I said, I'm not going to leave you. But the night before he passed... And I did not pay it any attention. I said, Thomas, I have to leave now because I'm very tired. He said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Did not pay it any mind. Then the next day I saw him, he had passed. And what I noticed was my baby was laying there like he had the best sleep of his life. Let me tell you, God is a powerful, powerful God. Do you hear me? He will answer prayers. He will, oh my God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys, if you don't know him, you better, you better find him out. You hear what I say? I'm telling you. I could not walk a month ago. I had to get steroids. I had to get jail shots in my knees. And I said, Lord, you got to work this out because I got things to do and places to go. And you see me standing right here. When Thomas first got sick, I could not come. And I said, I said, Lord, now... Not knowing that all this was going to transpire. And I, I'm like, I got to do something. But you know, he sits me down for a reason because I don't know how to sit myself down. But we have to get our life in order. I love each and every one in this place. And there's nothing you can do about it. But I want you all to please, to please, just please love the one another just as the word says. Please, I love you. I love you. I do. And I want you all to know 
and to learn from Thomas, the most loved man in the world. Don't worry about what happened yesterday. Don't worry about shoulda, coulda, woulda, because it happened exactly the way the Lord wanted to. Amen. Good afternoon. Hey, Rita. Giving God all the praise today. I am thankful to be here to see my friend off. Thomas was so many things to so many people. I heard that throughout this week past. And what I can say is he made a very tangible impact on all of our lives at some point, in some way. What I loved about Thomas, many things. Uh, I loved his spirit. I loved his laughter. Oh, I'm gonna miss that. He had the boldest laughter and he used it often. But another thing he had was his style. And we know the brother could dress, right? So I wore my seersucker today for Thomas Falls because I know he loves seersucker. He didn't wear it often, but I wore mine today for him. But he had a style about him, and he wanted to always look good. Whenever he went out, he wanted to always look good. He, he cared about how he looked. And I think that came from inward. And a lot of us need to take that to heart. Um, one of the things a lot of you probably didn't know about Thomas because he probably didn't tell you because it was our thing. I love the classics. So TNT or Turner Classic Movies, those channels, Imitation of Life, The Sound of Music, all of those I loved. And every once in a while, when Thomas would show up at my home, one of those movies would be on, and he would sit there and watch it with me. And I loved him for that, because he didn't have to do it. I don't know too many people who love the classics. But if the sound of music was on, we'd be singing as the show went on. But there was one movie he did not see with me. Uh, it is one of my favorites, but there is a poem that I want to share with you as I depart from that movie. It's by William Wordsworth. What through the radiance which was once so bright be now forever taken from my sight 
Though nothing can bring back the hour of splendor in the grass, of glory in the flower, we will grieve not, rather find strength in what remains behind. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm wearing my hat today in honor of Thomas. Thomas loved women in hats. He loved women in hats. This is a very difficult time for not just me, but for all of us, especially losing another good friend of ours about three, four months ago. So the Ram family is just really hurting because we lost two dear friends. I mean, I could go on and on and on about Thomas Falls. T Falls, Thomas Falls, Thomas Devfort Falls. We've just had so many good times over the years. And every time I want to cry, I can't cry. Every time my heart is just aches. But when I look at those pictures that we've taken over the years, that's what keeps me going. Because I don't know if y'all knew, Thomas was a big kid at heart. He used to just run around. We had gone to the beach a few years ago and stayed in a big, nice mansion. Thomas running around the house cutting all the lights on. All the lights on. Thomas, what are you doing? He wanted to go outside and see the lights from the house. I mean, like, and, and we had gone to the beach. Thomas was like, let's bury Kitty in the sand. Thomas, what? Poor Kenny. What'd he do? He let us bury him in the sand. Thomas was the biggest kid, and we're really going to miss him. And one thing about Thomas, I thought he was one of my closest friends, but the thing about it is Thomas was close to everybody. I mean, everybody. And when you told him something, you didn't even have to worry about hearing it again, ever, ever. He had so many secrets with so many people, and we're going to miss him. But you know, one thing that we do have that can't nobody take it away from us, those memories we had of Thomas. I mean, you've seen the slideshow, and the thing about Thomas, he was that dude all the time. I mean, he was sharp. He was just that dude. And guess what? He stayed ready, ready for whatever ready to party, ready to eat, ready to do other things. He stayed ready all the time, all the time. So we're going we're gonna to really miss Thomas a lot. I mean, really, really a lot. And you know what? That was my dancing partner. I know you house heads are in here, but Thomas was my dancing partner. We had our own little twirl going. I mean, you couldn't tell us we wasn't doing it right or if we was doing it wrong. 
but we thought that we had it going on when we twirled. And you know, Thomas never left anything on the dance floor, anything. So we're all gonna miss Thomas, but we have so many fond memories of him. Good afternoon. My friend, charismatic, comical, fashionable, sincere, a proud ram, never met a stranger. That's exactly how I met Thomas. First day at Winston-Salem State, um, a buddy of mine and I were walking across campus and for you rams, as soon as you live out, leave out of the cafeteria, right before the plots at that time, you could cut through right there before you get to O'Kelly Library. And there was a tree over to the side, if you remember, kind of diagonal from Bickett Hall, and it had a bench right there. Well, Thomas was sitting there with his mother, trying to fill out his registration. And he looked over at my buddy Roundtree and myself, and uh, you know how he used to say, hey. And uh, when he said that, we looked over, he said, um, I want to look like you guys. So at the time, we didn't know what that meant. I was like, what do you mean you want to look like us? He said, neither one of you have books or registration paper <laughs> or nothing in your hand. So, you know, what are you guys doing? So I said, I said, man, I play ball, so they registered me, and my friend was in the band, and so Thomas said, well, I want to be in the band, but how do I get this registration over with quick? And we became friends from, from that point on, um, a friendship that has lasted for 39 years. Most of you that know me, that really know me, know I'm an only child, and Thomas was too. So he was truly, truly my brother. I'm going to miss him dearly. I love him. Rest in peace, brother. Please. beautiful tribute. I have uh, two letters that I'd like to read. One is from United Institutional Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. Dear Reverend Tucker and family, on behalf of the officers and members of United Institutional Baptist Church, I extend to you our heartfelt condolences 
on the passing of your loved one. No word can ever express the feelings of a family's loss at a time like this. But by faith, we know that God, in his infinite wisdom, knows better than we when our time has come to move from this life to eternity. While the pain of your loss may seem insurmountable at this present time, I am confident that God's amazing grace is sufficient and God will see you through. The church family and Dr. Johnny R. Freeman, pastor. I greet the family of Mr. Thomas Davenport Falls with prayer and love on behalf of the Friendship Missionary Baptist Church family, Charlotte, North Carolina, in the name of Jesus, our resurrected Christ. Sincerest regards are extended to the esteemed officiating clergy, attending clergy, extended family, and friends. As you gather to worship God and celebrate the legacy of Mr. Thomas Davenport Falls, remain thankful for the blessing of wonderful loving memories. Your faith, hope, and knowledge of eternal life will Christ allow you to endure parting with your loved one. Be ever mindful of the love, peace, and merciful assurance of our Lord Jesus Christ who said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We stand with you, firm in faith, with irrefutable trust in God's promise, in unfailing love of the Lord and his marvelous power of healing and comfort for you. The Lord is able and will provide the comfort, strength, and courage you need for the days of adjustment that lie ahead. Sister Rita N. Campbell and family, we send our love, sympathy, and traveling mercies for you and each of your family members. I prayerfully urge you to take whatever time necessary to grieve. The Lord fully understands and he has proven himself time and time again. So you know and you can trust him regardless of your circumstance. Be totally assured of the divine love, compassionate care, and prayers of your brothers and sisters at Friendship Baptist Church are with you. Prayerfully submitted by Clifford R. A. Jones, Senior Pastor of Friendship Baptist Church. We thank you for those words. We acknowledge everyone that is present today. We pray that you will continue to bless the family as only you can during this time. We want to acknowledge all that have been kind to this family during and before and even today and those days to come. The family of Thomas Falls would like to thank you. They will thank you in a more personal way uh, some days to, in some days to come. But please know that your presence is loved, appreciated, and they are so thankful that you are here today. We will continue with our worship, with the selection, followed by our eulogy by Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott.
to be praised from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same our lives have been made just a little bit richer because of this man this brother this friend that we come to celebrate uh, before I get into uh, today's message um, 
there are just a couple of uh, observations I want to make. And first is that here at St. Paul, we have what we call HBCU Sunday, when we were meeting in person. And uh, Thomas Falwin, it was Winston-Salem State time to come around, always did the introduction. Um, and um, between A&T, NCCU, and Winston-Salem State, and Johnson C. Smith, uh, it was always that type of competition. Um, but I have to give Winston-Salem State the heads up because of the voice. Um, uh, Thomas was just a wonderful, wonderful soul. I'm going to ask those that are part of the First Impression Ministry, which is our hospitality ministry, if you're in the house right now, would you just please stand? He was a very important part of that ministry. A wonderful greeter and made people feel welcome here at the St. Paul Church. Thank you all so much. Uh, you may be seated. I also, uh, for those that may not know, uh, we are in the process of preparing uh, persons to come on to our deacon's ministry. And um, Brother Thomas Fall was one of 16 who had been recommended to me to become part of the deacon's ministry here at the St. Paul Church. We have been uh, in training for over a year now, uh, still has a ways to go. Um, and so I'm gonna ask if his classmates are here, uh, those that are in training with him, would you please stand? Thank you, you, you may be seated. Um, while Brother Thomas was even sick, he was trying to get on the calls. And there were some times I had to tell him, I said, man, get off this phone and rest. Uh, we want you well. Um, to this family, um, we know he did not have any birth siblings, but he had cousins and other family members that were like sisters and brothers to him. And we give you our deepest regard. You all had to pull all of this together from disparate pieces. And I want to commend you on a job well done. This is tough. Um, and um, as his pastor, as uh, a person that got to know him on a deeper level because of our time spent together in training for the um, diaconate, uh, this is tough. I ain't gonna lie. If, if God just really want to take some folks, I got a list. Y'all laughing, I'm serious. I, I got a nice list of hell raisers, of, of folks that 
that seemed like they could do whatever craziness they want to do and get away with it. I got a list. If the Lord just want to take some folk. I don't understand why you got to take good people. Thomas was good people. And he's going to be, he's going to be missed. Good people. There's a word um, from Lord. I ain't going to lie. I preached this text plenty of times. I'm going to try to preach it again. John 14, uh, 1 through 6. Jesus is giving what is called his final discourse and it's his final conversation with his disciples before he make his way to Golgotha's hill, to Calvary. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me for in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and who will show us the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man and if I can add, woman, boy, or girl can come to the Father except through me. I want to talk just for a few moments. Thomas's discovery. Thomas's discovery. I think that I can say without hesitation or contradiction that for many of us, Thomas Davenport Falls was taken too soon. A month ago, none of us thought we would be here for such an occasion as this. In our wildest dreams, did we not think we would be here to celebrate the life of our dearly departed brother? His illness caught a lot of us by surprise. He had been at Caramount for quite some time. As a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, while I was out of town, um, Pierre and I, we were uh, on vacation. I called to check up on him. He told me he was getting ready to head to a rehabilitation center. And I said, well, man, when I get back in town, I'm going to come and check up on you. He said, well, Pastor, he said, I don't think they're going to let you come to the rehab center because of COVID, because of this Delta variant. Um, he said, but I'll let you know uh, when you can come see me. Um, let me just, as an aside, say that if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you need to take that under consideration. And, and I, I know this, you can think whatever you want to. But um, y'all wearing that mask and getting vaccinated is the only way we're going to get back to, to some sense of interaction. And, and can I say, and I think I can say this without hesitation or mental reservation, if we did not have COVID-19, this church would be packed. 
Um, so for those of you who are, are, are kind of hesitant about that, I, I want you to give strong consideration to becoming vaccinated and wear your mask, wash your hands, and, and practice social distancing. This is why we got to behave the way we do even in church because this thing was not letting us be great. I couldn't even go see my deacon in training because of COVID-19. Next thing I know, I got word he was going back into the hospital. I got word about that on a Saturday. On Monday morning, I get a text message. He's going into hospice. And by the time I come in for staff meeting, he's gone, dead, no longer here. The Lord called him from labor to refreshment. And I ain't going to lie, it kind of took the wind out of my sails. But Thomas Falls was just, just a good brother. But even more than being a good brother, he was a servant of the Lord's church and of the Lord's people. Many of you all have come from near and far to celebrate his life and his legacy his friendship and his camaraderie, his kindness and his generosity. Uh, Sisters Sharon and Regina and Latanya and Brother Thomas shared that so eloquently in their tributes. Brother Thomas Falls loved his family and his friends. He loved being a Ram from Winston-Salem State University. He loved the St. Paul Church, but more importantly, he loved his God. Here at St. Paul, he was very active in the First Impressions Ministry, our hospitality ministry. And he was one of the originators of the Acts Drama Ministry. He was a deacon in training. And really to be considered to be a deacon in training, that meant here at St. Paul, you had to be active in a teaching ministry and you had to be active in a serving ministry and you had to be a consistent giver and he was all three. Even while he was sick, he was trying to get in on deacon's training. And so right now, as pastor, I have given him the distinction of honorary deacon. He was gonna be a deacon. He was going to be a deacon, but it didn't come without a price. He's gone. His voice we will no longer hear. That infectious smile we will no longer see. His winsome personality we will no longer engage. But one thing I know is that Thomas knew who Jesus Christ was as his, his Lord and his Savior. It's this Jesus who gives us the blessed assurance that is in sharp contrast to the fear that many of us have of this thing called death. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I don't know about anybody else, but we need those words right now to speak to the hurt and the pain that so many of us are experiencing in this moment. And as Jesus is observing his disciples and the quizzical look that they have 
on their faces. He, he noticed that they were growing tired and, and weary. And, and, and I want to contend that, that Jesus saw that Thomas was growing tired and weary. And, and, and Jesus said to Thomas the other day, let, let not your heart be troubled. You, you believe in God, believe also in me. But, but let's be honest, back, back then those, those disciples had plenty of trouble. Uh, here they were following this um, so-called semi-literate ghetto preacher from the hood called Nazareth, who was a part of the in crowd. Uh, they had left their families, they had left their occupation, they had left their friends with the hopes and the dreams of being with the one who will bring a revolution and liberation to the occupied people of Palestine. But now Jesus was talking about leaving them. And, and they're dealing with the fact, where are you going? And, and, and he, 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 he explained it to them, but, but they still didn't get it because uh, in their minds, they were looking for Jesus to set up some type of earthly kingdom where they would be little governors and he would be the chief king and they would rule over folks. But Jesus said, I, I, I did not come to establish a political kingdom. I came to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. One that would supersede your politics and your religiosity. One that embraces all of humanity. So in their hearts, they, they knew he was getting ready to die. So they had plenty of reason to be concerned. And yet Jesus tells them, I got everything under control. But there's another Thomas who raises an interesting question. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus quickly answers. He says, Thomas, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No, no man, woman, boy, girl can come to the Father except by me. The disciple Thomas back then made a discovery at that moment who Jesus really was. But I know our Thomas made that same discovery some time ago. And, and I just want to share with you all what discovery our Thomas made sometime in his past. First of all, Albert Thomas made the discovery that Jesus is the way to our God. When we talk about Jesus being the way, it's with the understanding that there is something unique about this man named Jesus that is vastly different from anybody else who has ever come and whoever will come. That, that unlike the prophets and the kings and rulers, Jesus is the person to help us to understand who God is and what God is really all about. Jesus is the way to God. Why? Because he is the very essence of God in flesh. He is both human and divine. He is both timely and eternal. Jesus is the perfect hybrid of the God man. And the reason why Jesus is the way to God is because Jesus is our understanding of who God is in the flesh. But Jesus is also our understanding of how to be the best human being that we can be. In other words, the reason why Jesus is the way to God is because every 
every time there was a decision that was laid at Jesus' feet to either do what he wanted to do in human form or to do what God wanted him to do in the spiritual form, he always chose the way of his father. It was Jesus who says, you, you can't come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way to God because he kept the word of God and the laws of God and the commandment of God perfectly. The reason that he is the way to God is because he is fully God. The reason why he is the way of God is because he is fully human. And I don't know about anybody else. But I'm here to let you know that I have and will continue to hitch my wagon to the star known as Jesus. Because what Abraham can't do, what Moses can't do, what David can't do, what Obama can't do, what mama and daddy can't do, what big mama and papa can't do, only Jesus can do for me. It is by his blood that you and I are made right with God. And our Thomas knew that even in the midst of his sickness, that he was covered by the blood of Jesus, not as some fantasy cure as far as his illness was concerned, but as the redemptive remedy against the wages of sin. Paul says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And because he is covered, he has a way to our God. Not only is Thomas understood that Jesus is the way to God, but he also knew that Jesus is the truth of God. Ah, uh, in this age of so many of us living our truth, y'all got to be careful about making that statement. Because I want to suggest, and I could do this on biblical evidence, that a lot of what our truth is don't square up with the truth of who God is. Uh, don't look at me suspect. I'm sticking to the word of God because uh, for a lot of us, our truth goes against the truth of the word of God. And, and when you hear people say, I want to live my truth, sometimes their truth is so finicky and so suspect until as they live out their truth, we know that may be your truth, but it don't square with who truth is. And I want to suggest that the truth of God is not just a set of principles, but the truth of God is a person, and that's none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if you believe in God, watch this, believe also in me, for in my Father's house there are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus fulfills all the righteousness of God. Jesus fulfills all the fullness of the Godhead bodily form. Jesus is the one who lays down his life for each and every one of us as our redeemer and our savior. Jesus is the one who paid the price for our sins on a hill called Calvary. He is the truth of God. What does that truth look like? Some of us don't like when we talk about Jesus being the only way to God because unfortunately in this age, in this time of what I call syncretistic religion, that there are those of us who actually believe that we could take a little Hindu here and a little Islam there and mix it with some Jesus and we'll be alright. 
Or we could take a little voodoo here and a little uh, 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 Islam there and mix it with some Jesus and think it'll be all right. But I'm here to let you know that since Jesus is the truth of God, here's an equation for you. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. In other words, Jesus does not need anything added to him to be the very essence of who God is. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm here to let you know that our Thomas knew you did not have to add anything to Jesus. As a matter of fact, can I give this to you all for free? Uh, Thomas, our Thomas knew that even if he didn't wear his stylish clothes, he was all right with Jesus because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He knew that, yes, I got a degree from Winston Salem State, but even if I didn't have that degree. If I had Jesus, I'm going to be alright. He, he knew that even though he had a good paying job, if he didn't have the job because he had Jesus, he knew he was alright. I'm here to let some man, woman, boy, girl know, even in the midst of a homegoing celebration, that if you got Jesus, you got what you need, and he'll give you what you need to make it through this life. Let me, let me, let me, let me go ahead and, and, and close this thing out. Finally, Jesus is the life from God. Oh, that's my shout right there. He's the life from God. Uh, Jesus is real life. Eternal life. Everlasting life. Jesus said that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy but I have come that you might have life and, and that you might have life more abundantly. Who is this enemy that he's talking about? Too many of us have misappropriated who the enemy is because a lot of us think the enemy is the devil. But that ain't who Jesus was talking about in the text. Can I do a little Bible teaching for a moment and I'll be out your way? That, that the enemy in the text were false religious prognosticators, false teachers who were teaching the laws and the commandments the wrong way. And so Jesus says, uh, you think that just because you're able to keep the law a certain way, that makes you right with God. But if your heart ain't in it, you can keep the law all day wrong and still not be right with God. But I'm here to let you know that when you hook up with me, you got life from God. And, and that life, that life, that abundant life that Jesus is talking about, he ain't talking about clothes, cars, and cash. He's talking about something else that, that, that is more enduring and that is more everlasting. Uh, this is a life that frees you and me from the materialism of this world. This is a life that emanates from the very essence of our God. But in order for you and me to have this life, Jesus had to give up his life on a hill called Calvary so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. I'm done, y'all. But I just want to let you know that this life comes from God and was secured on a hill called Calvary when Jesus was nailed to an old rugged cross and uttered those words, it is finished. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And the Bible says uh, that three days later, he was raised and declared that I got all power 
in my hand. And, and that same Jesus has now ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And one day will come back and judge the quick and the dead. And that Jesus has made death his footstool. I can imagine as I go to my seat the other day as Thomas was getting ready to be placed in hospice care. Uh, he did not even make it to hospice care because Thomas and Jesus had a conversation right before they were to place him in hospice care. They, they had a conversation. He had a conversation with the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, y'all got to excuse me. My Mississippi's trying to slip out. I'm trying to keep this thing tame because I know I got some educated, sophisticated folks from Winston-Salem State, and I shouldn't be acting like this. But when you know what the Lord has done, when you know that the Lord has saved you from your sins, when you know that the Lord has bought you with a price, every now and then you got to give him glory, honor, and praise. Can I tell y'all the conversation that Thomas had with Jesus? Thomas said, I believe you are who you say you are. And Jesus responded, you ain't seen nothing yet. I have prepared a place for you because in my father's house, yeah, there are many mansions and I've made sure that everything is taken care of. So Thomas, where I'm getting ready to carry you, you ain't got to worry about no more sorrow and no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, no more more disease, no more COVID, no more war, no more headaches, no more heartaches in this place. And I can see our boy Thomas saying, well, Jesus, what is the attire? Because you know, I got some fancy suits. Jesus said, those threads won't work up here, but I got a long white robe to put you in. Thomas said, I got some hats and some kangos. Jesus said uh, that won't work up here, uh, but I got a crown of righteousness uh, for your brown head. Uh, Thomas said uh, that's all good, uh, but how much do I have to put down uh, on my mansion in the sky? Jesus laughed uh, and said, my son, uh, you can't afford the cost, uh, but I paid the price uh, on a hill called Calvary. Uh, good afternoon, y'all. May the Lord bless you real good. But is there anybody here that ain't afraid to give God praise? I know with the Salem State, you got your song about being a ram. But can I tell y'all, there was a ram that was slain on the altar of God before time ever came into eternity. I know we got some sharp dressers in the house right now. Uh, but give me uh, the robe that Jesus has uh, prepared for me uh, and there's a song uh, that we'll be able to sing uh, that the angels uh, won't be able to sing uh, can I tell y'all uh, what that song is uh, that song is uh, I have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb good afternoon y'all 
all. But if you ain't too mean and you ain't too scared and you ain't too shabby, can you give God praise for our brother Thomas Falls? Can you give God praise for his laughter? Can you give God praise for his friendship? But can you give God praise for his Savior, Jesus Christ? Can we have a little church? Can somebody, even in your mask, holla yeah, say yeah, say yeah, say yeah. We're going to do the committal here. Um, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we thank you for the life, the love, the legacy of our dearly departed brother Thomas Paul. God, for this family, for friends that have come from near and far, for those fellow alums of his college days, for his fellow disciples here at the St. Paul Church and others. He will be missed but never forgotten. Thank you for his service to your kingdom. Now, God, for this family, will you continue to bring them together in strength, love, and unity? That one cannot fall without the other. Help them to understand as they lean and depend upon Jesus, each other rather, they're leaning and depending upon you. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As it has pleased the almighty and wise God in his divine providence to take out, the soul, take out this world, the soul of our deceased brother, Thomas Davenport Falls. We therefore commit this body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Looking for the day of the general resurrection when the earth and the sea shall give up his dead and that which is corrupt 
shall put on incorruption and that which is mortal shall put on immortality. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are they who die in the Lord for they shall rest from their labors. Take your rest, my brother. We'll see you in the morning. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask that those deacons in training who have been asked to serve as pallbearers, if you would join me down front. I'm going to ask that starting with those uh, sister deacons in training, uh, if you would come and serve as flower bearers. If you're able. <clears throat> We're going to ask that um, those that are in the church, um, if you would remain until after the family has been escorted out and then the deacon, not deacons, the ushers will come starting on the bottom level and escort you out row by row. Everyone with the exception of the family, would you please stand? May the grace of God and the communion of his Holy Spirit bless you, keep you, and abide with you now henceforth and forever. And the people of God said, Amen. Okay. The Lord is my light. Okay. Also, uh, classmates from Gastonia, uh, that are flower bearers, would you come as well? We need all the help we can get. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Pearson. All right. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war shall rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing One thing that I desire that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set my foot upon a rock. Y'all might want to come over here because they're going to have to. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Mary, please don't don't run. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. 
that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas said, how do we know where you're going? And who will show us the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, boy, or girl can come to the Father except by me. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in due season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does, it shall prosper. <laughs> 